What's up, you guys? Josh Tonley here. You know, I've realized that after all these years, I never really shared in detail, you know, how I became a healer or an energy healer, whatever you want to call it. I've done a lot of interviews here and there, but, you know, there are so many parts of the story that have really contributed to all these different transitions that I had in regards to healing. And so, you know, this is still not going to go into all the details because I'm eventually going to write a book on this, but I'm going to give you guys a little bit more on how I ended up becoming who I am today when it comes to this topic of healing. I was raised in a Christian home, and as many of you realize, there's many different types of Christianities, and that's something that a lot of people don't really acknowledge. And so there are some that are more conservative, but I came from the more, you could say, charismatic kind, where we believed in what you would call like spiritual gifts, or you could even call like the quote-unquote supernatural gifts, the miraculous gifts. I don't use the word supernatural. I find that as a misnomer, but... Anyways, our meetings had people that would be speaking in other tongues, people who would be falling down on the ground. We would call that slain in the spirit. People would be prophesying, healers. People would be shaking and jerking and these really interesting types of manifestations that some Christians wouldn't even want to be associated with. But I grew up in that, you know, in, in a way that was kind of normal for me, where I would see people having like Holy Ghost laughter, where they would have this like uncontrollable laughter. For me, you guys, like that wasn't anything new. And so I was part of the Christianity that was more of like the Pentecostal or some would even say the more extreme side where we would be called like Word of Faith, where we talked about prosperity. We would talk about naming it and claiming it, speaking things into existence. And so that was my background. And so a big part of my healing journey has to do with my hand. And so if you don't know, I was born with only one hand. And if you didn't know, now you know. <laughs> and so not necessarily one hand, but it's more of an underdeveloped right hand. And so I struggle with this a lot, pretty much most of my life, just to be honest with you guys. And when I was a child, what sucks is that I was teased a lot. You know, it's not surprising, but sometimes kids can be pretty cruel. And because of that, I became very, very self-conscious about it, very insecure about it. And so because of that, I wanted two hands. And because I believed in a God, right? I was part of this Christian supernatural culture of a God who does miracles, who is the same yesterday, today, and forever, who is able to heal the blind and raise the dead. I felt like, well, why can't God heal me? And so for many years as a child, I would go to what you would call these miracle crusades, right? Where there are the, these famous healers from people from all over the world. And, you know, they have this gift of healing. And so I'd go to these different crusades hoping to get healed and nothing would ever happen. And so I struggled a lot with that because I believe that God can heal and do miracles. And so I'd go to sleep many nights just crying and hopefully waking up and I'm like, bam, two hands, <laughs> you know. I mean, that would be like a big shocker for me, like an answered prayer. But a major turning point for me was when, ooh, thunder. That's a major turning point. You know, but a major turning point for me was when I was 17 years old. And I found out that there was a famous healer in town, probably the famous healer at the time, right? And this is in the 90s. And, you know, no need to mention the person's name. And so I was excited about it. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, dude, I told my friends, I'm going to go to this event. And I'm going to come back with two hands. I was telling my Christian friends and I was telling my non-Christian friends. That's a bold statement. <laughs> no, because I was also trying to make it like a way for me to what we would call witnessing, to try to get people to believe in my God and in my faith 
by demonstrating that our God is powerful, right? And also I wanted to be healed. And so I go to this crusade and there I was, thousands of people over there. And I was lifting up my hands in the air, crying and just in a way, just like almost begging God, just like, please heal me, please heal me. And I was nervous, you know, is this going to happen? The room was so intense with so much emotion because obviously there's a bunch of people there who are sick, who are probably dying people in wheelchairs. I mean, there, there's an atmosphere of people needing to be healed, probably with a lot of desperation, just like I was. And nothing was happening. My friends were probably wondering what the heck is happening. They weren't really into what was going on because, you know, the faith healer was very showy. People were falling down and speaking in tongues, and my friends didn't really grow up in that kind of stuff. These are my non-Christian friends that I brought. And so I told my friends, I said, hey, take me down to this stage, because maybe the faith healer when he lays hands on me, something might happen, you know. So that was kind of my way of thinking at that time. So I was going downstairs and there were just so many people and just so crowded. And then the speaker said, come back tomorrow. I was like, ah, crap. You know what I'm saying? Like, didn't get healed. And it was embarrassing too because I was also trying to show this as a way to <laughs> show to my friends how powerful God is. So I went back the next day and obviously nothing happened again. And it was a turning point for me where it's interesting because I wasn't bitter because of that experience. It was more of a sadness. It was more of a disappointment. Like maybe, maybe God doesn't do these kinds of things today. Maybe it was just stuff that you, he did back in the day, you know, during biblical times or whatever. And after that day, I, you know, of course I had a lot of questions. And I found out that one of my teachers at school, I was a senior in high school, was a Christian apologist. And I've never even heard of that word before. And my teacher, who is a Christian apologist, found out that I was a Christian. And so what happened was, well, just to define this for you, an apologist is someone who basically defends. So even there are Muslim apologists, Christian apologists. I started learning about intellectual Christianity. So it wasn't just necessarily what I believe, but why I believe it, where I could be able to defend it. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, if someone asks me, how do you know God exists? I will lay out all the philosophical arguments for the existence of God. Or how do you know the Bible is true? And I will lay out all the historical arguments demonstrating that the Bible is true and historical. And so it was all about defending. And so to be honest with you guys, that really did change my life. <laughs> because growing up, I was a very simple kid. Like I said, I was going to all these different crusades. Every time there was someone on a pulpit that preached from the Bible, I believed it. You know what I'm saying? I was just a simple kid like that. And for the first time, I started to question. And this is where I could say that me learning apologetics was kind of like a, like a double-edged sword for me. Because in one way, it got me to be skeptical, which is, I think, a good thing. In fact, I'm still skeptical to this day, unless someone is able to convince me otherwise, right? Through some sort of evidence. But what I realized in retrospect is that I was skeptical, but I was a little bit too skeptical. So it wasn't the true meaning of skepticism where you're open. At the time, I claimed to be what you would be called open but cautious. That was like a common term for people like me. Like I'm open, but I'm cautious. But like I said, in retrospect, I realized that for eight years, I was more cautious than open. That for eight years, folks, I was so skeptical that no matter what you presented to me, I would not believe it. No matter what miracle claim you would have to share, stories of people getting healed, like I'm like, whatever. And I believe that for eight years, all those guys that I would listen to speak as a child, all those people on Christian television, 
were all phonies. They were all charlatans just asking for your money. Or they were probably very genuine and they were just delusional. And so for eight years, folks, I was probably one of the biggest critics of this healing movement, right? And a lot of people could vouch for this, especially my family who were so disappointed and upset because of what I became. I'd just always argue with them. I'd always argue with people at school, at church. There was a lot of drama even at church because of this topic because I was still part of that church that still believed all these things. And so I was there just sharing my story. And I did it honestly with a pure heart because I felt like most of my life or pretty much all of my life that I was deceived. You know what I'm saying? That, that's why I wanted to share to so many people. Plus, I had my story, my story of not being healed. For eight years, like I said, I wasn't just a skeptic, but I was very aggressive with this. Right? Where even at school, I got people who were really into this healing stuff. To not believe in this stuff anymore. But what really started to change things was when I went to a party back in 2005. And just so you know, I was a I was a b boy. <laughs> you know, I was a break dancer pretty much my whole life. You know, since I was a little kid back in elementary school, I've been break dancing despite my hand. I can do it. And I was at this party. People started dancing, and I saw this guy that was there. I was like, hey, why don't I just battle this guy? Don't even know who he was. And then the circle opened up, and they started busting my moves. What happened was completely unexpected. I got up after dancing, didn't do anything too crazy, and everything below my waist got super heavy. It got numb. And I got scared. Where once I got up, I went back down. And it was really hard for me to get up, and I was freaking out. There was this extreme, excruciating pain in my back that just, it hurt like hell. And I eventually found out that I had a herniated disc, right? And I suffered from something called sciatica for a long time. And so just for those of you who don't know what that is, so you just think of your spine, right? So in between each vertebrae are discs in between each vertebrae. So you just imagine the disc getting crushed. And so because a disc gets crushed, it starts to pop out. And when it pops out, it touches a nerve and it just shoots down through your body. And that's what I experienced for a long time. And like I said, it's a, it was excruciating. You guys were just sitting down, hurt like crazy for a long time, just driving in a car. It would shoot down from my back all the way down to my butt, all the way down to my feet. And it was so bad, you guys. Like I would just wake up every morning. The moment I stepped my, put my feet on the floor, it felt like I was stepping on dozens of needles. It was like the weirdest feeling. And, you know, I did physical therapy. I did whatever I had to do to get better. I slept with pillows between my legs. That was something that was suggested. I took painkillers. I did physical therapy. And I had a bunch of Asian friends just saying, hey, Josh, you know, you should do acupuncture. It works. That worked for them. I did acupuncture. It didn't work. <laughs> it didn't stink and work. And in fact, I just got worse. And so remember at this time, I was extremely skeptical of healing, like quote unquote miraculous healing. And I didn't get any better. I didn't get any better. And life, honestly, just took a turn for the worse. There was a day where I was at a friend's house and I remember we were just eating dinner real quick. All of a sudden I felt a lot of pain in my chest. Like it was really, really bad. And on the left side of my body. So it just started to feel really funky and weird. And I got scared and I, I took a rest on the couch. So I drove home and even the whole drive home, I felt like I was gonna pass out. And once I got home, I was in my bedroom, I started panicking. 
and I felt like I was literally having a heart attack. It was that painful. And I had no health insurance at the time. I was telling my parents, I don't know what to do. And I got down on my knees and I was asking God for forgiveness. I honestly thought I was going to die that night. And it was probably not the smartest move. But instead of going to the hospital, I just endured the pain until I fell asleep. And I eventually did go to the hospital. And I found out that I was diagnosed with something called GERD, which is gastroesophageal reflux disease. I've never even heard of that stinking word up until that point. And so basically my throat doesn't close properly. And so from that point on, folks, which is strange because I don't have any memory of me having chest pains or heartburn or anything. But after that attack at my friend's house, I literally had heartburn and chest pain and this nasty taste of vomit in my throat every single day. For the most part, I could say like almost 24-7. It was that bad. I mean, I couldn't eat anything acidic, anything oily, which is pretty much all Filipino food, medication all the time. I would go to the hospital almost every week. And I did everything I could do to get better. Even my friends who were in the medical field told me that I'm probably going to have this the rest of my life. I'll just have to learn how to manage it. You know what I'm saying? Which is not really encouraging to hear when you think about that. Here's I'm this young person. And, you know, I still look young. But anyways, you know, I was in my mid-20s. And I was already having back problems and throat problems where I even went on a diet. I did everything I can do to try to fix it. And nothing got better. In fact, I got worse. I got worse. When I would cough, it's thinking hurt because of the nerve, right? When I sneeze, it hurts. And when I laugh, it hurts. And I laugh a lot, dude. And I remember just even walking around. I'd have to hold on to rails. And then I would just randomly fall to the ground because it was a nerve problem. It's like it just shoots down. And I'd be like, ah. And I had many times, and my friends you know, could vouch for this, where I would just cry when I'm in school. because, Especially because I would be like laying down on a beanbag when I'd be in the library, and I'd be stuck there. I can't get up. And the pain would just be so bad. I mean, you just give me a laptop, and it would hurt like hell just trying to walk back to my dorm. And I would just be crying, thinking, what's going on? Why is this happening? You know, at the time, I was even serving at a church asking the why me question. Why is this happening to me when I'm doing good? You know what I'm saying? And so another major turning point for me was the following year in 2006 when I met a man named William Beeson. Honestly, I feel like this is the catalyst when it comes to a huge change in my life, a huge shift in my life. So there I was in 2006 listening to this guy speak. And they would call this guy like a modern-day Job. So those who are not familiar, Job was a person in the Old Testament, right? It was a story about a guy who just suffered a lot. Let's just leave it at that. He just suffered so much. And so they called this William Beeson guy like a modern-day Job. And supposedly he was known in the medical world as this guy who he had a quote-unquote miracle healing. What happened is that the discs in his spine ruptured. Now that's pretty bad. And he had surgeries. Now you have one surgery... You're never the same, dude, after one. He had five, and he was supposed to get a total of seven, right? So two more. He just kept getting worse and worse. His life was pretty much falling apart. His business, his family was having a hard time keeping it together. And he was this really big guy before his, his injury and became super, super skinny, right? Because he was always bedridden just 22 hours a day. And I mean, your body just never the same. He had no blood flow in his left leg. A lot of people would be praying for him. He wasn't getting any better. And so there I was hearing his story. 
Then he talks about where he went to this place to receive healing because his wife wanted him to go there to this one church where they had like a healing service. And he said that he was honestly just doing this just for his wife, right? But he just wanted to die. I mean, he was just in a wheelchair, super, super depressed and skinny. He goes to this healing service. Nothing happens except the fact that he heard a voice say that you are not going to die. He said that he literally heard a voice say that. And he was like wondering, well, that's not really encouraging because why would he want to live the rest of his life like this, right? In that state, in that kind of condition. He goes home, he starts journaling because he documents everything. Is that all of a sudden, he felt a strong wind come into the room. And all of a sudden, he was out of his body and he was in a place that he would describe as heaven, right? Where he saw like these streets of gold, translucent gold, and there were these people there wearing these white robes and it's as if they knew who he was and there was this person that was next to him that he identified as Jesus where he just felt so much love from this being long story short right this Jesus figure said to Willie that you are going to be 100% healed restored to your youth boom comes back to his body he stands up and he says just him standing up with no pain is already a miracle he walks no pain. He's thinking runs like a mile or two or something like that. And he starts screaming. He's like, I'm healed. I'm healed. God is real. God is real. And there I was listening to this guy's story. I'll be honest with you guys. For the first time in eight years, I was open. You know, it might be because of my desperation, but it wasn't just that. To be honest, he, he brought in all the documentation or a lot of documentation from UCLA. He brought documentation from Germany. And he was this very monotone guy, you know, so he wasn't this like very dynamic speaker, very persuasive. It was really his story and the evidence that he brought in that really got me to become open. Because remember, every story that I've heard, whether a miracle story or people having near-death experiences, I don't believe any of that stuff, honestly, folks. And this time around, I did. I was believing him. I remember there was even a girl not too far from me, another student saying, I'm a science person. And I don't know how to explain this. And Willie also has a friend who is an atheist who was there during that time of his condition and even up to the point where he was healed. And his atheist friend, I eventually met him later on, his atheist friend was still an atheist. He says, I can't deny of what happened to Willie that before he was like this and now he's like this. He's completely normal. He's completely healed. But he's still an atheist. He just doesn't know how to explain it. I just backtrack and go back to that day when I met Willie. You know, I approached him after he spoke. I just told him about my back. He did contact me the next day and he gave me a link to this church where he received that healing prayer from. And so I go to this website and automatically I was turned off. It was just like a typical charismatic church, you know, and just imagine me rolling my eyes, you know, <laughs> I started reading the testimony. So it's like a headache being healed. I'm like, eh, you know what I'm saying? That's probably not a big deal. Back being healed. I'm like, eh could be just psychosomatic or whatever. I think cancer is being healed. I'm like, oh, snap. If that's true, that is a big deal. Then I finally went saw one testimony that just didn't make sense to me. And there was one where it said that there was an arm growing out or an arm lengthening. And I'm like, what? You know, as I'm thinking like an arm growing out or arm lengthening, it's like, what, is that? what the hell does that mean? Does that mean that like an entire arm was missing or just like a little bit? I wasn't quite sure, to be honest. And you know, at that moment, you guys, 
I was extremely, 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 extremely confused. Could you imagine me as a skeptic slash critic for eight stinking years? Being totally against this stuff, wanting a healing my whole life as a child. And then that happened. Me reading that. And I remember I just shut the computer. I went to the prayer chapel because this was um, at my school. And I went to the prayer chapel and I just started crying. And for the first time in eight years, folks, my desire to be healed came back. But I was so confused. And I remember right after that, I set up an appointment. I went to visit the professor. The professor was the one that invited Willie Beeson to speak to us. And so I shared to the professor what I was feeling, what I was thinking. And honestly, I was in his office just crying like a baby, straight up. I mean, it was so bad. Like the professor just was like covering his face like this because I think he was just so hurt for me. I mean, I was telling him, I'm like, is this stuff true? Is this stuff true, the stuff that I'm reading? you know? And I said, I don't want to go to that place and not get healed and get hurt again like I did when I was 17 at that healing crusade. And then my professor said, Josh, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you, you know, because he didn't want to see me get hurt. And so I went to this one event that was like considered a, what you, they would call like a revival where there's supposedly healings and miracles and all these supernatural things happening. Those things, like I said, I, I don't like anymore, right? But I wanted to find out more if things were really happening. So I go to this event with my roommate. And I'll be honest, I was turned off at this event. I was like, eh, you know, because I grew up with that kind of stuff. But there were some things that I was like, huh, that seems interesting. That seemed like, how did that person know that? You know, like they, this person knew information about a particular person in the audience. So that got me thinking a little bit. But when I heard everybody speaking in tongues, I was like, ah, I don't like this stuff. We went back to school and I went to the field, like the soccer field. I remember just like talking to God, talking to the universe, whatever you want to call it. Just opening up my heart. I don't know what to believe anymore. But if this stuff is real, because I don't want to be like those guys on TV, those, those Christian healers. You know, I remember saying that out loud. And I was like, God, if, if, if this is real, show me. And folks, when you say something from the bottom of your heart, when you ask and you believe, let me tell you this, that day, God, the universe, answered me. So there I was, just like talking to everybody about it in my dorm, in the cafeteria, just all over campus. And I eventually went to this other event that I was invited to by a famous philosopher who was getting into healing. So I go to this event, and I was hoping to get healed again from my hand, and nothing happened. But that same day was that event where Willie got prayed for. Since I didn't get healed at this one event, I was like, you know, it's all good. I'm going to go to another event later on. And maybe I'm going to get healed there because some of my family will be there. So maybe it would be nice to have my miracle happen in front of my family. So I eventually go to this other event and Willie was there with support. You know, he's just like a cool guy. He was there supporting me on my journey. And I go to this event and I didn't get healed again. And it's interesting because this time around, it's like I was okay. And it's like back in the day, just like it turned me into this hardcore skeptic. And I was like, you know, I'm not healed now with my hand, but I'm still open. I'm still open, right? Because I still want to learn more. It's like I was super hungry of wanting to explore this, this world with a different lens, with a different grid. And so I started to 
go to these other places, find out about these other healers that were more intellectual. Some of them were even skeptics back in the day who became believers in these things. And that's what was really important to me because I didn't like that about the faith healers that I grew up watching. They were very anti-intellectual. Here I was reading these books, going to these events, hearing about these new guys, and my belief in the healing and all those other paranormal, supernatural phenomena I was starting to see and experience. I was so immersed in this world, right, where I started having all these psychic abilities and healing. I'm not going to talk about all those other things. I'll talk about that on another day. Today, I just want to talk more about healing. But I started to do healing on other people. And for the first time, you guys, honestly, boom, people started to get healed like immediately. I would just try to do healing on a person who has pain. They have a cast on. Then I would do it. Boom, they would feel stuff. And all of a sudden, you know, not too long after, they'd remove the cast. But the pain would disappear immediately. And that was very new to me, you guys. It's like that was something that I never really saw. When that started happening, you know, I started feeling like electricity and tingling all over my hands, like all the time. So every time I would do a healing on someone, I would lay hands on somebody. A lot of people would always feel heat or like electricity type of sensations. And I was like, dude, what's going on? And so like I said, I was so into this that when I would go back to my classes, it's like in almost every single class, I would share about what was happening to me. Of course, some people would be very open and some people would be like not too sure about it because they didn't grow up in this kind of stuff. They were more conservative. I would share it to the teachers. I would meet with some of the teachers one-on-one. -on -one, and some of them actually became believers because of these meetings that I had with them one-on-one. -on -one. You know, because a lot of them, they'd heard about my story of being a skeptic. So I was that, I was that vocal about it. And so what was kind of difficult, though, were some of my closest friends, not all of them. Some of them even got upset with me because they were like, Josh, what are you sharing now? Because you were the one telling us that all this stuff is just a bunch of BS, that it's all fake. Here you are saying that you believe in it now. And I'm like, I know <laughs> this is not something that I expected either. I mean, who would have thought that I would be the one? Not just believing in it, but being a hardcore proponent of it, speaking that this stuff is real, right? And so I was seeing the results of this. And so what happened is that I started speaking at events on this topic. I started speaking at my church. I started doing healing like in restaurants, on the streets, in classes. I mean, it was so wild, honestly, this time where even at my church, because I was part of a very conservative church at that time, right? Because I joined that church when I was more of a skeptic. And they weren't too happy about it. At least the leadership wasn't. But the, the young people, the college people, they loved it because they were starting to see healings happen. Eventually, I left the church because I knew that I had to follow my heart and not be restricted by some type of what you would call a denomination. And so I was like churchless for a while because I didn't know where to go. I didn't know where I was able to fit in. And, and so what happened is that this one church in Anaheim, California, the vineyard they found out about what was happening to me i was also being mentored by some guy another professor who was into the healing stuff at my school and this church found out about what i was doing and they had what you would call a healing team so every week they would have it's like a hospital in a way it's pretty trippy where you know people would come in they would sign their name write down the condition that they have and upstairs there would be this healing team several healing teams who would lay hands on you and do healing I remember the first time I used to visit that place, I was a little bit skeptical. So I'm just backtracking a little bit. And I would go to these places and these people would be try to be very prophetic with me. Or another, another term for that would be like psychic. They would say, oh, you know, blah, 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 blah. They'll try to speak as though they're like being psychic with me. And I was so skeptical at the time. I'm like, eh, 
you know, I'm not trying to be offensive, but you could kind of say that to anybody. They might have gotten offended. You know, I was just being very blunt because at that time, I just I wanted to know if this stuff is stinking real. But later on down the road, when I was already into this stuff, they found out about what was happening to me. And they invited me on the team. And so every week, you guys, for a while, I was learning. And these people were teaching me on how to listen. right? So they would teach me how to listen to, at that time, we would say the Holy Spirit. Right or the other lingo we would that you know a lot of people would use now is that we would listen more to our intuition, you know, or to our higher self or whatever. And what would happen is that I would pick up messages. I would start to feel people's pains on their body wherever they need the healing. So when a person walks in, boom, I feel a particular pain in a certain area, and that's where the condition is. And I was learning, and I was growing, and these people were inspiring me in so many ways. That's where I was like, dude, this stuff really is legit. You know what I'm saying? I was so passionate about this that at my school, other than just doing it randomly, I ended up setting up like a healing booth. And that became like a thing for us, where we literally just set up like a healing table that anyone can come who needs healing. And so there would be days where people would just come up to us. And I had a team of my friends. We would just do healing on people. Or we would just go out on the campus when we had some free time and just go up to random people and say, hey, is there anything that we can pray for, right? And, or do healing on. And it was amazing, you guys. We were starting to get the attention of a lot of people at school. People were hearing about it. People were talking about it in classes. Viola, even one of the magazines did an article about it. The president even heard about it. I got to meet with the president one-on-one. -on -one. He heard my story. It was making an impact. And so to make a long story short with my condition, my back, and my GERDs is completely healed. I mean, if you look at what I do now, it's crazy, you guys. I mean, every single day, I'm reminded about my healing. So my back, like I could carry stuff, I could lift weights, and my GERD literally disappeared, boom, overnight. And I remember when it happened, I was in the cafeteria, and I literally ate everything that you're not supposed to eat when you have GERDs, because here's on how healing can work and how you know that healing can manifest is when you have like a state of being, of being already healed. And so I was in a state of consciousness where my belief was that I'm already healed. I was eating like hamburgers and pizza. I mean, all the things I wasn't supposed to eat, you guys. And then boom, I noticed it was gone. And from that day forward, you guys, it never came back. And my meds, I used to take like seven pills a day, a day, you guys. And it would always kind of like, have a lot of bad reactions because I was taking medication not just for my GERS but also for my back problems. And so I had a lot of pain, right? A lot of heartburn and acid and all those things. Boom, cold turkey disappeared just like that. And I remember, guys, when I was on meds, I was always like knocked out and sleepy. And so that changed my life. So even to this day, you guys, people see me with the stuff that I eat. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a big snack guy. I love chips. I love ice cream. We ate all that stuff last night. Like even at my age, and I know I look young, you know, I'm 38 years old now. A lot of people see with the stuff that I eat, a lot of them think, how do you eat this stuff? That's stuff that we used to eat when we were back in high school or even early college days or whatever. So that's how I know my body is healed. It's been such an amazing thing for me. And just to look back that with life, you guys, you, you kind of connect the dots, not when you're moving forward, but when you're looking back. I look at my, my struggles and my pain. It became a strength. A lot of things were happening in my life when I was doing a lot of these healing things. And I eventually moved to the Philippines, which is where I'm at right now. But when I came to the Philippines, I was still doing what you would call like Christian version of healing. I would still do like laying of the hands and be like, boom, in Jesus name, or 
demon this, demon that, get out, you know, where we would speak to it like it's a demon. <laughs> that's just what I was taught. And granted, it worked. It worked, you guys. I mean, that's how I was able to, you know, see results in my life. But as time went on, and I started to kind of question a lot of my beliefs, my fundamental beliefs as a religious person, as a, as a Christian person, I started to expand my view of reality, of how I understood God and the universe. And as I started to do this, this is like a whole other story. I have a whole other video on this on my YouTube channel. As I started to do that, where I didn't want to put God in a box or the universe in a box, that this is the way it has to be done. This is my Christian version. All that other stuff is just demonic and new age. Everything that was in the Christian version, I really thought of it at that time. Reiki, whatever. It's just BS to me at the time. My mind started to open. And I started to let go of a lot of my fundamentalist Christian beliefs. I started to explore other modalities with an open mind for the first time. And I started to learn these things, these other techniques. Right, so I started learning about quantum healing, right, quantum touch and qigong and energy healing, etc. And Reiki. And then I started to see that in my understanding of these things, of these different modalities, I started to connect the dots and see that ultimately, ultimately, the source is the same. It's just all semantics, right? So it's like I would see, like growing up, I would see a lot of people back in the day at these meetings that I would attend. People would be shaking and having, you know, these experiences in their back and whatever. But back then we would call that like Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is upon you. And then I, I look at these other types of meetings that were outside my Christian grid and be like, no, that's, they would call that Kundalini, right? Or even as a Christian, I would look at these things as like prophetic. It's like, it was really a matter of semantics for me. Ever since then, you could even see some of my videos on YouTube. I started doing healing, like in a way that's not a traditional Christian way. Just experiment at the time. I remember that. Just saying, okay, I'm doing it like this. And my mindset is like this. It's completely different than before. And it still worked, you guys. It still had results. And that's when I just kind of kept it more broad. And just to learn about this whole idea of energy. That everything is energy. That love is a source. Love is what heals. And so it's been a game changer for me, you guys. And so there, like I said, there's still so much that I could say about my healing journey that I left out. As I mentioned, there's just so many parts to this story that I'm eventually going to be writing a book on this. But this has absolutely changed my life. So it's interesting. It's like you can think of people who look at my hand. And, you know, like I said, it, it depends on what angle you take it from. So I've had people who are very skeptical of me because they would see me on stage doing healing, teaching healing. And they could be like, why the hell should I listen to this guy? Look at his hand, right? Granted, I get it. It's okay to be skeptical. You should be skeptical. But then there's another angle that people tend to approach me on. And they'll look at me and they'll look at my hand when I'm teaching healing. And they'll be like, you know, it's interesting that this Josh guy teaches healing. And you look at his hand. Why is that? Why is he so confident in what he teaches? Because here's the thing. It's because of my own healing. It's because of the healings that I've seen in my life what, since 2060, guys, of things that I've seen and experiences that I've had. If I've entered into this realm of healing and supernatural paranormal stuff and I didn't see any healing at all, right? that I was just all about me meeting healers, quote-unquote healers, reading books, and if I was still struggling with my conditions, folks, I honestly don't think I'd be as confident as I am today when it comes to the subject of healing, you guys. So the greatest miracle for me was just seeing my own healing of my back and of my girds. From that point on, you guys, my life has never been the same. That's the thing for me, you guys. I don't like being put in a box. So when people want to label me such and such, it's like, whatever, dude. 
I'm still learning, I'm still growing, but I'm gonna keep following my path. And so just like some of you, why did you guys click on this video? Maybe some of you are sensing that you are to go down this path as a healer. We all can heal, but some of us are kind of gravitated towards this subject because of our experiences, just like me. I'm more drawn to this because of the suffering that I've been through. If you are the type of person who wants to experience healing more, right, and you're questioning yourself, am I a healer? Don't limit yourself. Don't think that it's just a special ability for some people and not for other people. I encourage you to keep going, to keep exploring, to keep learning, to keep practicing. Right? Don't try to think that you have to be perfect in order for you to try. You learn as you go. That's what I tell a lot of people. You learn as you go. You learn as you try. Right? And then when something doesn't happen, you can ask, hmm, why didn't it happen? Then you start to learn things about yourself. You learn things about your mindset during those times. And so that's what a lot of people have noticed about me in the States and even here in the Philippines or even other places that I've been to around the world. It's like, I don't like just teaching by talking. I usually try to show people by showing. You know what I'm saying? Which is why you've seen probably seen some of my videos where I try to do a demonstration. Let me show you how this works. And so the rest is history. Yeah. And so if you enjoyed this video, give it a like and a thumbs up. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and also the bell. So once I put out another video, you guys will be notified right away. And don't miss out on my upcoming webinar, my free life training, my free masterclass that could literally transform your life because I've had so many testimonies of people who have attended and their lives have been changed even from that day forward. And so you want to sign up now because seats are limited and seats do fill up fast. So I go there right now, look at the description, click on the link and sign up right now to reserve your seat before it gets full. Like I always say, more is coming. Till next time, I'm out. Peace.